Welcome to the IT Smart Guy podcast, a technology podcast aimed at the modern business owner. And here's your host, Tony Edwards. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the IT Smart Guy podcast, the tech-based podcast for the modern business owner. My name is Tony and in this episode we are going to talk about the investigation that's happening right now into BT relating to the 999 call failures from a couple of weeks ago. Plus, we're also going to talk about how the government in the UK think cutting the cost of broadband could help those on benefits find gainful employment. We are then going to go on to the brain dump, where I talk about some of the ways our data gets deleted by mistake. And finally, as always, I'll be sharing my tip of the episode. Let's jump straight into the news. Let's look at what's happening in the news. First up, let's talk BT. So, BT is currently under investigation following a significant disruption to the UK 999 call services that occurred on the 25th of June. Emergency services nationwide reported difficulties connecting 999 calls due to a technical fault. BT, who are responsible for the 999 phone system, expressed apologies for the issues and they were resolved by Sunday evening. Ofcom, the communications regulator, initiated an investigation to determine whether BT failed to fulfil its regulatory obligations. Now, according to Ofcom, their regulations mandate that BT and other providers undertake all necessary measures to ensure uninterrupted access to emergency organisations as part of their call services. Providers are also required to take all necessary steps to guarantee the maximum possible availability of calls and internet during catastrophic network breakdowns. Ofcom's investigation aims to establish the facts surrounding the incident and to assess whether there are valid grounds to believe that BT might have violated its obligations. During the incident, Cheshire Fire and Rescue Service reported a 30-second delay in connecting to 999, while Suffolk Police experienced a system that was not operating at full capacity. The Metropolitan Police and Bedfordshire Police also encountered difficulties. The cause of the 999 service problems remains unclear, even after BT switched to a backup system. The government criticised BT for taking nearly three hours to notify ministers about the issues. A BT spokesperson mentioned they were nearing the completion of a thorough internal investigation and expected to share the findings with the government, emergency services and Ofcom by the past, by this past Thursday. This investigation will examine the technical aspects that triggered the incident on that date, the process of transitioning to the backup system and the timings of the communications with the emergency services, Ofcom and the government. Following a question raised in the House of Lords about the incident, Baroness Anderson of Stoke-on-Trent, a Labour peer, described it as an incredibly unsettling event. Now, are BT getting the blunt end in this story? Are the Ofcom demands relating to the availability of calls and internet, even during catastrophic network outages, viable? Especially with all phone infrastructure going digital from 2025. Let me know what you think in the comments. From BT to lowering the cost of broadband, more from the UK government, peers have called for special internet deals for those on benefits to be exempt from VAT in order to increase digital inclusion. 
a House of Lords report stated that individuals without internet face disadvantages when seeking employment. The report criticised the government for lacking a credible strategy to address digital exclusion. However, the government has responded by affirming its commitment to ensuring that no one is left behind in the digital era. It's highlighted the availability of discounted social broadband and mobile tariffs starting from just £10 per month, covering 99% of the UK. Not sure about the 99%, but hey. Despite these efforts, the House of Lords Communications and Digital Committee revealed that 1.7 million households lack mobile or broadband internet. And up to a million people have reduced or cancelled their internet subscriptions in the past year. As services ranging from benefits to banking increasingly shift online, and with 90% of job ads being posted solely on the internet, the impact of digital exclusion is significant. Now, a number of individuals were mentioned during this report. Bella, who grew up in a financially struggling single-parent household, said that the challenges they faced due to limited access to digital resources uh, meant that she was reliant on public Wi-Fi and has to make do with minimal phone packages to cope, especially in the cost of current uh, cost of living crisis. And the impact goes beyond just learning. It's also affecting social interactions. Uh, another individual called Matt spent time in care. He expressed that he had never lived in a home with broadband. This underscores the difficulties faced by care leavers. Um, Catherine Sachs-Jones, CEO of a children in care charity, highlighted the struggle that care leavers endure as they often prioritise basic needs over things like the internet. Further individuals were interviewed by the BBC and they described the difficulties they face when lacking access to data. And we're talking things like managing benefits claims or adhering to library hours to completing forms. Financial constraints have forced individuals to make difficult choices, including cutting back on internet to prioritise other essential expenses like food. But access to the internet is deemed vital particularly for things like online shopping, online banking, filling out forms, booking doctor's appointments, and if you can't get on the internet, how can you do it? The report stressed that people without internet are missing out on online deals, which further exasperates the challenges that they face during this cost of living crisis, and the government are being accused of neglecting the issue. High levels of digital exclusion undermined the government's goal of making the UK a technology superpower and is hindering economic growth. The report also highlighted concerns regarding potential biases faced by digitally excluded individuals due to the rising use of AI in public services. Members of Parliament urged the government to promote the use of social tariffs as only 5% of eligible households currently utilise them. The committee have called for the immediate removal of VAT from these social tariffs, as well as stronger enforcement by Ofcom to ensure companies advertise these tariffs effectively. Following a meeting between Jeremy Hunt and regulators, including Ofcom, discussions regarding the cost of living crisis have taken place. Ofcom's CEO expressed the regulators' commitment to urge telecoms firms to raise the awareness of social tariffs. The Internet Service Providers Association agreed that a new digital inclusion strategy 
was long overdue, emphasising the broadband sector's commitment to supporting individuals through social tariffs. However, certain aspects such as reviewing VAT on broadband require governmental action to make a significant impact. Now my question is, will removing VAT from low-cost broadband make a difference in the long run? I don't think so. Because what is there to stop the provider from upping their price by 20% after the first year? We're becoming more and more reliant on internet connectivity for everyday tasks. And while social tariffs will help some, will the more widespread awareness of these tariffs see people in more financially stable positions look to move across to these tariffs just to save a few pounds a month? Time will only tell on this. Let me know what you think. That's it for the news this time. Let's move on to the brain dump. If you watch the podcast on YouTube, I hope you have seen the product begin to improve over the last couple of episodes. This is down to me going through friend of the shows, Pete Matheson and his video masterclass. In this self-paced course, Pete walks you through everything you need to know about improving your video. From the way you talk to the camera, to the gear you need, and everything in between. Plus, he gives you personal feedback on the videos you produce. Now, you might think learning this way is lonely, but by signing up, you also get exclusive lifetime access to a video masterclass Discord channel filled with like-minded people, all of whom have the same goal, to get comfortable talking to you through a camera. And it's not just IT people like me on the course. There are people from different industries in there too. Bookkeepers and copywriters, just to name a couple. If you want to take your video to the next level, I highly recommend taking a look. Just click on the link in the show notes for more information and to sign up. It's time for the brain dump. Businesses devote significant time and concern to managing risk particularly with the rise of ransomware attacks and cybersecurity threats in recent times. However, it's crucial to recognise the greatest risk to data loss within business often stems from their own employees. Despite the continuous barrage of cyber threats and growing complexity in IT environments, unintentional data deletion remains the primary cause of data loss. Use and make errors, possess poor habits, and they're under pressure. This will result in shortcuts that can lead to unfortunate disaster. For managed service providers responsible for overseeing a business's data, such situations can wreak havoc. In this segment, I'm going to delve into the five most prevalent causes of accidental data loss to shed some light on these issues and their implications. Number one is simple, human error. Primarily, accidental data deletion is a frequent occurrence among individuals. Operating systems employ a two-step process for deleting data, utilising that recycle bin as a safety net against hasty deletions. However, users often find themselves in situations where important files have been destroyed and lost despite these precautions. Now, contrary to expectation, the tech landscape is becoming more and more intricate rather than simpler. On any given day, knowledge workers interact with multiple computers, tablets and mobile devices. And the inclusion of remote desktop technology 
and additional cybersecurity measures further add to the complexity. Now, with a multitude of devices at play, work is dispersed across location, device, and then we've got cloud-based applications as well. This should decrease the likelihood of data loss, but unfortunately, vulnerabilities still persist. Employees find ways to bypass remote desktop connections, save their data locally on their desktops, transfer corporate data to personal devices, and other similar practices. Additionally, many individuals work within organisations where internal tech support is overwhelmed. Consequently, people resort to self-help measures, attempting to consolidate or delete data to free up disk space and to maintain their productivity. Users will manipulate storage limit, they'll employ check disk tools, or they'll try to optimise operating systems which often results in data corruption, deletion, issues with their operating system, and ultimately data loss. It's common for employees to inadvertently overwrite their own work, particularly when working using presentations or spreadsheet software. Without proper and appropriate versioning, file sync solutions or backup tools um, being in place, individuals will unknowingly undermine their own efforts. Number two, data everywhere. Another significant issue that companies face is data sprawl. It's quite common for companies to establish designated and authorised locations where employees are expected to save files, such as a corporate file server, shared drives, or personal drives within collaboration and productivity tools like Microsoft 365 or other cloud-based solutions like Dropbox. These official file locations are usually backed up appropriately. The challenge, however, arises when considering user behaviour. Employees frequently save their WIP work in progress to unauthorised locations like their desktop, their local hard drive or a personal device. Storing data in non-approved locations not only poses a cybersecurity and data governance concern, but it introduces risk of accidental deletion or the overwriting of data. In cases where the system lacks sufficient protection, that data may be permanently lost. Number three, mobile devices. Now, the use of mobile devices such as smartphones, they have become indispensable tools within the workplace, but they still raise concern. Various industries, including trades, construction and real estate, rely on field-based employees who utilise mobile devices for tasks like photo capture, recording orders, obtaining signatures and more. And it is of the utmost importance that any work-related data on mobile devices is immediately synchronised or backed up to a cloud-based location. However, a challenge arises due to the dual nature of mobile devices the work and the personal. This duality creates data governance challenges for businesses to manage. Additionally, mobile devices are susceptible to risk. We're talking loss, theft, accidental damage. If corporate data stored on a mobile device has not been appropriately backed up, there is a significant risk of permanent loss. Number four, loss or theft of equipment. It's now more widely accepted that work is being performed across a range of devices. We've just talked about that. 
However, this diversity brings certain risks. Laptops, tablets, mobile devices are all prone to being lost or stolen. Um, and this has been backed up by a study by Kensington Computer Product Group. And there are some alarming statistics. A laptop is stolen every 53 seconds. Over 70 million smartphones are lost annually, with only 7% being recovered. 4.3% of company-issued smartphones are lost or stolen each year. And a data breach accounts for 80% of the cost associated with a lost laptop. Now, 52% of devices are stolen from the office or workplace, where 24% are stolen from conferences. If employees have stored corporate data in unauthorised locations, such as the desktop of a laptop or on a personal smartphone, there is a real risk of permanent data loss. The same holds true for smart devices. Lastly, employee churn and other admin errors. We have to address the data loss resulting from admin errors and employee turnover. Regardless of the business's size, employee turnover has become more frequent in recent years. As I mentioned earlier, employees now generate corporate work content using various devices and various different software tools. Now, when an employee leaves, businesses must be concerned not only with their data privacy and their cybersecurity, but also with the preservation and governing of that corporate data. This challenge becomes even more significant with the widespread use of SaaS-based applications, SaaS being software as a service. Efficient and secure offboarding of employees is only half the battle. The other half involves effectively preserving employee work and IP, transitioning it to managers and colleagues, and ensuring the correct storage or archiving. Now, if a company is highly organised and saves all of their employee data and content in the right location, mistakes can still happen. Corporate email systems and file collaboration platforms like Microsoft 365 or Google Workspace contain vast amounts of company data that may require special preservation. If SaaS accounts are terminated or closed, the data will be permanently lost within a couple of months unless it's transferred, archived or retained. If companies are negligent in this process, account closures can become a significant cause of data loss. In many industries, companies may be required to retain employee email communications and work product for extended periods due to compliance requirements. Moreover, retaining employee communications for a specified duration becomes crucial, especially when the data or the communications are needed for legal proceedings or investigations. Premature data destruction related to employee departures can be seen as data spoliation by courts, which can lead to civil or criminal penalty. This area of law and HR management is highly complex, uh, but suffice it to say that with today's intricate SaaS ecosystem, employee departures and the associated data governance issues require detailed and expert management. So how can we prevent this from happening to you as a business? First things is to implement a robust and secure backup solution. You will want a solution that's secure and offers a consistent backup, which is easy to use, makes it simple to recover your business data, even if an employee makes an error. Our tip of the episode.
So the tip this week is for you to check with your managed service provider or your internal IT personal department as to how or if your data is being backed up. As I said just then, data backup is a critical aspect of maintaining the integrity and security of digital information for you as an individual or a business and in an increasingly digitized world where data is vulnerable to risk, having that reliable backup system in place is paramount. The importance of backup can only be understood by, under, by considering the potential consequence of data loss. Now, accidental deletion, hardware failure, cyber attacks, natural disasters, or even basic human error can lead to the irretrievable loss of valuable data, which can have severe implications, ranging from financial losses through to operational disruptions, as well as reputational damage and legal ramifications. Having a robust backup strategy ensures availability and recoverability of your data in such situations. And by creating duplicate copies of data and storing them in separate locations, backup systems provide that safety net to mitigate the risk of data loss. This redundancy allows a swift restoration of critical information, which reduces your downtime and prevents significant disruption to business operations. Furthermore, backup solutions offer protection against cybersecurity threats, including ransomware attacks. With the ability to restore data from a clean backup, businesses can effectively combat malicious attempts to encrypt or destroy valuable information, thwarting extortion tactics employed by cybercriminals. In addition to data recovery, Backup systems also enable long-term retention and compliance with regulatory requirements. Certain industries and jurisdictions impose strict data retention policies, which mandates the preservation of records for a specified duration. Backup solutions facilitate compliance with these regulations by ensuring the availability of historical data as and when needed. The importance of backup can't be overstated. It is now an essential safeguard against data loss. It provides you as a business owner with peace of mind. It gives you business continuity and the ability to recover from unforeseen events. By implementing robust backup practices, individuals and businesses can protect critical information assets and mitigate the potential risk associated with data loss. It is believed by many people and businesses out there that if you use Microsoft 365 or Google Workspace, your data is backed up. And to a point, there are ways to recover some recently deleted items, but not everything. And as such, it's important to get a robust third-party solution. Now, this isn't me trying to pitch you for backup services. This is, comes from both Microsoft and Google. They both recommend it within their end-user license agreements. But do contact us about backup services. Refer to this episode of the podcast. We might be able to work you out a little discount. Who knows? That's it. Thank you once again for watching or listening. I hope you have found this episode insightful. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. I have one small favour to ask. If you've enjoyed this episode, or even if you haven't, let us know. Leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. We then take that feedback and it's the only way we can get better. If you haven't already, 
please give us a like or subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been Tony, the IT Smart Guy, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the IT Smart Guy podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'd love for you to like and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice.